so many women are just like so um, bombarded and on the go and just like always in this constant flux of do, 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 hustle, 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 got to get it, got to get it. But it's like, can we just like be, can we just chill out, check in with ourselves, like be more aware with how we're showing up with our body, how we're showing up with our lifestyle. Mm. And um, yeah, like what are those small little things that you can do every day to just support you? You're listening to the Almost 30 Podcast, hosted by Krista Williams and Lindsay Simsek. Almost 30 started as a conversation about the transition from our 20s to our 30s. But then we realized life is full of transitions. So we expanded our mission. We are an intuition-led, wellness-focused lifestyle podcast that promises to deliver authentic conversations, diverse points of view, and insights rooted in optimism, growth, and intention. The Almost 30 Nation community is a group of purposeful dreamers who are smart, passionate, and always seeking the full potential in every aspect of their lives. At Almost 30, we're making magic together. We dream it, and then we do it. Thanks so much for tuning into the Almost 30 Podcast. Here we go. Welcome back to Almost 30, everybody. Welcome to Almost 30 if you're new. I'm Lindsay. I'm Krista. (laughs) We're so glad you're here. Krista and I started this pod just over three years ago. And it's been a wild, wild ride with all of you. And we just couldn't love it more. We started it during a time in our life where we were like, what the hell is going on? And am I alone feeling and thinking and questioning these things? And so we started a podcast, a conversation and a community, and it's been pretty cool. It's been the best. To be together during it. Truly the best. And if you guys didn't know, (laughs) we're sitting next to some interesting characters on the iHeartRadio oh, wow. best podcast. I don't know if you guys know. Spirituality and <laughs> religion. religion. So, so my boy, Joel Osteen. Joel Osteen. Excuse me, Osteen. Fuck. I know. <laughs> he hates when I say that. I know, honestly. <laughs> no no shade, but like, what are we doing? Also, no shade to iHeart. Very grateful. Oh, very grateful. What I mean, whoever's are- there, that's a stand. I mean, I love you. I'm- I love you because you're just, <laughs> you're just confusing everyone and like, being a really good friend. They're us. like, yeah, they're like, what What category should Almost 30 be nominated for this year? <laughs> I'm down with the spirituality. I'm really Same. honored Same. by that. Especially Krista Tippett. Krista oh Tippett. Oh my God, on being. She's, she's amazing. Her voice is like butter, but it's, I mean, maybe Almost 30 should be a religion. I actually think, true, cult leaders. It's funny because y'all really showed out last year. Last year we were nominated in health and wellness <laughs> and you guys really showed out and everyone voted and we lost. So we're kind of just like letting you guys off the hook and like, please don't vote. Yeah, <laughs> just like relax. Maybe reverse reverse psychology yes. will work in this sense. Yeah, yeah. maybe. Well, because it was just like, dude, we had so many people voting. Like you guys were so thoughtful yes. and kind and just really showed out and we took an L dog. We were up in the stands taking an L. We were in the bleachers. Our noses were bleeding. It was crazy. Yeah. No one knew who we were and everyone was confused. And they're like, why are these two girls here dressed up? It was like prom night. (laughs) Spectating. They were were like, like, are they escorts? We're almost 30. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know if they read health and fitness winners. Do you know what I mean? They did on the commercial break. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like Mario Lopez was like, like, hey. Mario Lopez was very interesting. He did. He like forgot what award show he was at. Yes. He's like, 
He's like, podcasting. He's like, this content medium is really picking up steam of the content mediums <laughs> of all that exist. So tell me more about this platform. And you're like, Dude. what are you, where are you? It was, it was pretty wild. Well, are we going again this year? Yeah, it's in January. We'll go. We'll go with Warren. Let's go Wasted. Let's go Wasted. Let's bring Oren, yeah. our, our agent, and, uh, Let's just and go, go from there. Let's wear t-shirts. <laughs> we actually had a blast with those one guys. They were great. Those other podcasters were live. We almost got them to sleep with us. But I know. Didn't happen. <laughs> didn't happen. <laughs> didn't happen. Holy moly. We just, uh, we just got back from a whirlwind of a trip. Yes. So fun. So grateful. We got to visit our Australian listeners. Yeah. And like we were in Melbourne and then Sydney and damn, they're so funny. I was just like, I was laughing a lot with them. I know. Like the one-on-one conversations, they really, they really are just themselves. I think sometimes in a big audience setting, it's hard because they just want to listen and be there. Yes. But yeah, I just really, I had a blast. Yeah. I mean, Australia was so fun. I love Sydney. Sydney I love Sydney. Gorgeous. So the first event was in Melbourne and um, that was with Rosie Acosta. Rosie's awesome. And she talked a lot about chakras or what has she say? Chakra. Oh, and the subtle body. And the subtle body. Yeah. And how we can cleanse the subtle body and be more thoughtful about that. So we did a, a, a chakra meditation. Yeah. Uh, she's just the realist. I love, I love, love her being energy. around Rosie. Yeah. She is so grounded and you just laugh a lot. She's yes. so funny. And the girls were so sweet and really touched by that type of work. I don't yes. know if it's like happening in Melbourne a lot. So you know, they, they came and sought it out and, and I think received a lot. What were those funny, that funny share? Oh my God, that sweet girl, one of our fans, uh, she, I think something you want to let go of. And she's like, I want to let go of the fact that my, whoa, that my boyfriend her. kissed a girl. <laughs> <laughs> I was dude. like, me, I want to let go of that for Same. you. I'm letting go. Yeah. Everyone she was, was sharing so of what they wanted to let go. It was like, a bad conversation with a boss or mm. friends that were holding them back or negative toxic people in their life or old patterning and beliefs that are not serving them anymore. And our sweet angel was like, I want to let go of the fact that my boyfriend kissed another girl last night. <laughs> Dude, she sleuthed that out. And of course me, I'm like, give she, me details now. She, well, she said, she's like, I just had a feeling. She had a feeling. As we all do yep. when that shit happens. Hey, this is what I got to say though. They probably did. Just kiss. Oh, no one just kisses. But they are 21 though. Yeah, that's true. They're young, young bucks. You know what? This is my, this is my whole thing. That's actually worked really well in my life is I'll take whatever situation I think happened to the extreme. And then it usually comes to fruition that that was true. Like even with like ex-boyfriends, when they cheat on me, I'd be like, I know that you had sex with her. And they'd be like, oh my God, you're right. After telling me for five (gasps) hours, they just made out. And I would say that I know, but I didn't, but I would just assume. So you're using police tactics. Police tactics, exactly. <laughs> I was in the force hey, for. I know a while. you murdered. This I would person. do that with my mom too. I'd be like, "Oh really? I know that you did this," and she'd be like, "Well, I mean," and it would be like true. Wow. Yeah, it's kind of fucked up. Wow. So it's like, it's like a crazy mind trick. Have you ever made someone confess something that they didn't do? <laughs> no, but one time I did with this guy. Like, maybe I did. Yeah. I, no, honestly, what was the one thing where I honestly was like thinking that I did because I was being convinced of that fact. Like it was actually working on me where I was like, damn, did I murder that person? I forget what it is, but it's a really good tactic. So if you ever find someone cheating on you, just go all the way. Just be like, hey, I know that you like did it. Did it. I know you did the deed. And they're like, did the 
And you're like, yeah. mm-hmm. you're like, I'm, I'm telling you everything and I'm being honest. That's it. But no one just kisses. I know. I didn't, we can't say that. Lie, but hey, maybe you you're know? 21. Maybe you're just kissing. Maybe you're just kissing the boys. Um, and then we went to Sydney. Sydney. And we had Jess Seppel as our guest, yes. who we love dearly. She's the best. Uh, we fell in love with her actual love crush hard, yes. crushing hard in LA and have just stalked her ever since. And she's become such a good friend. I just yeah. love being around her. And we talked a lot about, you know, diet culture and a lot about uh, grieving too. You know, she had recently lost a friend and it was just a really vulnerable share by her. And I was really impressed by her. And I think that really opened up everybody, you know? Yeah, it is. It, it was such a reminder for me when Jess was up at, on stage sharing very openly and, and candidly about losing her best friend through suicide. So her best friend was having her own struggle and took her life. And when Jess started to talk about that, it's just such a reminder for me how magnetic people are when they're being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. You cannot take your eyes off of them. There is nothing else that's going on except for that person and their share. And I was just so inspired by her bravery and sharing that. And especially not knowing some of the sentiment that was shared related to the Sydney community being a little bit more closed off and afraid to be open about mental health and about getting help through prescription medication. So her being very open and honest about getting on prescription medication since her friend's death because she had been so depressed and anxious was, you know, just fascinating and eye-opening. It's interesting too that in the States, people are very open about prescriptions and being on Mm. medication, I think, in my circle and the people that I'm around. But that's not always the case in the world. There is still a shame and a stigma around being on prescription medication for depression, anxiety, or things like that. So her being so honest about that was just really beautiful and powerful. And I just, I can only imagine the pain that she's gone through in the past year, you know, with with everything, with losing her best friend in that way. So her sharing with our community and just publicly was very brave. Yeah. I completely agree. And then when we talked about the uh, nutrition stuff and the diet culture stuff, that stuff is, it's just, I enjoy it. But for me, I'm just so, this is my own thing is I'm, I'm so over that conversation personally Mm -hmm. because not anything that she said, but in my head, that is so much a conversation I've had my whole life. So sometimes when we talk about it, it's triggering to me. And I don't want to use the word triggering like, I'm mad or upset, but I turn around to myself and think about how exhausting it's been for 30 years of my life to think about diet, nutrition, exercise, food, Mm -hmm. diet, culture, da, 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 body image, all of that stuff. So whenever we talk about it, I'm just a little bit like, uh, like I just get get kind of like, uh, this is like, I'm just like, okay, here I am talking about this same issue. And it just gets kind of unexciting to me. Yeah. I did like, um, and kind of what we've been doing to unlearn all of that stuff that we were like thrown, you know, at us in, I don't know, early 2000s when we were like late teens, early 20s. Like, this is how you should be. This is how you should eat. This is how you should look. So that idea of intuitive eating and lifestyle. So she talked a lot about like not overworking out. She literally like does yoga and walks. (laughs) And I was like, yes, thank you. Because I think- even still, even though it's like kind of a larger conversation now to do less, people are still fucking like, it's almost like the people 
and bless them. Cause I've, I've literally been that person where you're like, Oh, everyone's slowing down. I'm going to keep on going and be the best, whatever that means, the fittest, the, this, the, that. So it's, that was a nice reiteration of like, Hey girls, like I'm not telling you what to do specifically, but just re-empowering you that you have already have the answers and like the, the intuitive, um, nature of you as a human being with a body and a soul that like the decisions you make really don't have to be because someone told you to do it or it's being advertised to you. So that was a good reminder, but yeah, I completely, she's a little intuitive too. You know, people, yeah, she is. a lot of the, the women at the event would ask questions and she just kind of would read through the questions directly to what the actual question or issue was. And it was really powerful. She's like, um, you're actually more of a restrictive person. And I see this showing up in this way and just would like cut through their questions. It was crazy. It was cool. Dude, remember when you looked at me and you go, yeah, what do you think? And I go, "Mm -mm." (laughs) (laughs) mm-mm. Oh my God. Dude, I was a bit tired. And I just was like, so during the, what what I'm talking about is during the event, (laughs) Jess is sitting there, Lindsay's in the middle and I'm on the left. And Jessica's talking about the holidays and how sometimes there's a shame and a stigma around eating healthy during the holidays. And Lindsay's like, yeah, totally you know, what do you do when you're in a situation where people are shaming you for the way you eat or for wanting to be healthy and all these things? And you look at me and you go, what do you think? And I go, Mm-mm. or she goes, what do you think? Oh yeah. She goes, kept what asking us questions. Yes. And I was like, Hey, this is our interview. I know this is our interview. <laughs> this is, I'm not the nutrition expert. And I just was like, Mm-mm. I just like, dude, our side parts were so heavy that we dude, I was just like, I look like a dumpling. Yo, I looked like a dumpling. Guys, the side my parts, face was so round. I my dress no. was like a potato. I think a side part will make anyone look like a freaking weird ass doll. Do you know totally. what I mean? Like ours were extreme and we came out from getting ready and we saw that each other had a side part. We're like, of What's course. Up? When I was in high school, dude, everyone would make fun of me for my side part. They'd be like, oh, they'd like walk oh, by really? and throw their hair really far on the side and be like, oh, I'm Krista with a side part. Oh, that's a good one to make. <laughs> totally. I mean, it's it one of the no, many things. It has no weight. 100%. Because it's like, like oh, okay. side part. Okay. I know. But honestly, I didn't do a middle part until I was in college. That's when you became a woman. That's when I became a woman. I've got a round ass face. Middle part sometimes ain't it. Sometimes ain't it. I look like an M&M. Oh man. Well, thank you to all of our listeners who came out in Australia. We love you. We love you so much. Yeah, we're so grateful for you guys. It meant everyone that flew in too from Ugh, all over Brisbane. Australia. That meant the world. And you know, for the listeners too, like people that are, are unable to come, that the whole my whole premise and point is like, it's just a really good sign the way that everything is going, that people are so willing to share and be open and vulnerable and meet in person and Mm -hmm. conscious connection is still happening and thriving with almost 30 nations. So thank you so, so much. Go vote for us on iHeart if you like. (laughs) Honored to be your cult leaders. Yeah, honestly. (laughs) Honored to be your religious leaders. (laughs) All right, let's do this. Oh, do we have any announcements? Let me think. I mean, podcast pro baby. Yeah. Podcast pro. So if you're listening and you're interested to start, grow or monetize a podcast, we created digital offerings that we're launching in January. They're insane. They look so good. And the content is 
fire. The content is fire. We included I, like- I watched the video with my head down so I didn't have to look at myself, but you'll enjoy my little peanut <laughs> butter look face. gorgeous. It's really, it's, I'm impressed. I'm sorry. I know. I'm really the impressed. The site looks insane. It just yeah. looks so good. So we're excited to help you, you know, grow, brand, monetize the podcast of your dreams. Yep. Yourpodcastbro.com launch is in January. Excited to support you. Cannot wait. All right. On today's podcast, we had a conversation with Mikkel Hill when we were in Nashville. What a sweetheart. She is the founder of Nutrition Stripped. She's a registered dietitian and nutritionist. And you know, she really believes that nutrition is the catalyst for reaching your full potential in life and in health. You know, and that's a really important piece, Krista and I have been talking about a lot on tour where, you know, we have to make sure that we are nourishing our bodies or else we are no good yep. for the world. Yeah. Let's be real. She was so cool and interesting. And we talked a lot about nutrition and we also talked about building a business and courses and stuff like that. So I think this is a great conversation if you're interested in nutrition, health, uh, all of that thing related to wellness. But then also too, if you are a health educator or you are a entrepreneur or a budding entrepreneur, we talk a lot about the business side of things because I think that's super interesting for the people that are successful like her in creating this as a sustainable business and brand. Definitely. Um, and she's just such a sweetheart. One of those people, because I've admired her for a while. I have her cookbook. Yeah. My mom has her cookbook. She loves her. And when you meet her, you're like, oh man. She's so cute. Great just, jewelry. Great jewelry. <laughs> Great jewelry. Great jewelry. Has anyone never told you? <laughs> I was like, give me it. <laughs> All right. And we're also so excited, you guys, that um, she's launching a new program in you know fall of 2020. So it's already live and available for you guys. It's called The Method by Nutrition Stripped. And what it is, is the five by five framework. So this is helping you to design an intuitive way of eating and living that works for you. So what you'll learn through the workshop is blocks preventing you from finding exactly what works for you and maintaining it over time, the secret to getting off the diet cycle and forming a healthy relationship with food, and then the actual signature five by five framework. So this method program is available at at almost30podcast.com. We have the link in the show notes and then we'll also give it available on our Instagram. You can swipe up to join the five by five framework free workshop on our Instagram or website. Cool. She's the best. Yeah. I enjoy. She, she was talking to us about that after the interview and it was really mm-hmm. unique. Who doesn't and just want like, it? Who truly. doesn't want it? Truly. Thanks, Mikkel. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Thank you yep. for rating and reviewing on Apple Podcasts. It yeah. means the world to us. Your reviews have been so sweet. So thank you so much for taking the time. Even if you write a review and you say, hey, y'all, this is a good one. We appreciate it. Yeah, don't need a novel, but love a novel. Love a novel, but also love a sentence mm-hmm. or also just love a quick five-star. Yep. Takes a second. Thank you, you so much. We'll see you on the other side. Enjoy. How did you guys meet? Uh, on a blind date. No Cute. way. We had mutual, mutual friends. It was a blind date and it was one of those moments where I feel like it's so cliche, but it was like at that point in my life, I was like, I am so good by myself, single. My career is taking off. I have a puppy. Like life is good. I don't need a man. Like I love myself. Everything's great. And I kind of didn't want to be in a relationship, but I just knew like, okay, if I put it out to the universe, like I want a partner when it's, when it's right for me and only when it's right for me. Like, I don't want to just like mm-hmm. date around. I don't want to like wish for this person to come into my life to like make things happen. And it was, it was just like all of those elements. Yeah. Wow. It's like I've been with him a million lifetimes before too. Mm, situation. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Feels like you're coming home. You're like, okay, yeah. here we go. I felt like my life began when I met 
Justin. Yeah. Like everything before I was like, it, it doesn't seem like, it doesn't seem like my life. And everything after was like, okay, I'm ready to do my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's funny. Yeah, I, I feel like we have that, com- we've heard that common thread with a lot of the women is getting to a point where it's very important that you're feeling very good with who you are, everything that you're doing. And then there is the intention and then the release of the intention. So you're setting the intention. I want someone that is right for me and only when it is right for me and only like the right person. Mm-hmm. And then you're letting that go completely, you know, just letting it out into the universe and trusting that it will come. And that's really the most challenging part. And it does help to be at a place where you have everything you feel really good about, you know, to do that. Cause you're like, I'm good either way. Like I'm really enjoying my life and it's really great. So it makes that release of that intention a little bit easier. Absolutely. Yeah. And I even had a list of like, you know, because I was like, I'm stepping into my worth. This is what I deserve. This is what I want. I'm not going to settle. You know, like I yeah. had all these qualities of like a partner. And um, yeah, it was really, it was really amazing when that kind of all came together. How did you so increase your self-worth so much where you felt like you deserved that? Mm. Like, what was your I think I've been through so many like ups and downs in my first like 30 years of life, like really dark moments that I think from those, it it allowed me to shine a lot of light on just my own inner strength. And like, I surprised myself a lot of times to be like, wow, like I got out of that or I'm so resilient. And like, it just helped me like become more confident and believe in myself too. Mm -hmm. So I think it was that. And also just practicing. Like I talk a lot about how like health is a daily practice. Like it is like literally one small thing at a time and you have to be gentle with yourself and like really loving and like doing those things, like whether it is like going to a bar class in the morning, like check, like I at least took care of myself in that way. So there were like a lot of small things over time that I think really helped me be like, you know what? I am amazing. And like, I love who I am. I love myself. Yeah. And I think that's, it's so important to do like no matter where you are. What were those dark yeah. moments? With just anxiety, depression, family stuff in a nutshell, mm-hmm. <laughs> relationship stuff. I think like, yeah, they like really rattle your world when those moments come and you just have to realign and reshift and be like, okay, well, how am I going to pick myself up after this? And, you know, what are the things that I want in my life that's really going to contribute to take care of myself after this, you know, event, so to speak? Mm. Yeah. And it's yeah. interesting too, you know, with the self worth, how much fitness and nutrition leads into that. You know, I've, as I've worked out in different ways and and really just made it a priority. And as my nutrition has evolved, it really is so much attributes to your Mm self-worth, making that time for yourself in the morning to move your body, you know, and it obviously the intention has to be right. It has to be because you love your body. You're going to eat this way because you love your body. You're going to move this way rather than because you hate your body. So the intention is the most important piece as the foundation, of course, but I think that those practices, sometimes we take them for granted. You know, we just go to the workout, go through the motions. We're not really there, but really it is such a, a practice of you getting a higher self-worth because you're taking the time to be like, I am worth this 45 minutes to move my body and to sweat. I am worth this 45 minutes or 15 minutes to cook a meal and eat it while sitting down mm-hmm. with intention, you know? So I think that, you know, as I've gotten older, I thought of it so much more aesthetically. Mm-hmm. as it relates to food and and movement. But now it is just so much more of like a self-worth, um, self-love thing. Absolutely. A hundred percent. It's about like showing up for yourself fully so that you can show up for all the other amazing things that are in life, for your relationships, for your community, with work, with whatever your goals are, ambitions are. I think 
it's so key. Like I have clients who will come to me, whether they're like new moms or even just like really young, busy professionals. And they're just like, I don't have the time. I can't do X, Y, Z. And it's like, well, let's get like brutally honest here. Like, can't you, or can you actually, and like, we just need to reprioritize some stuff or is it like you don't want to? And like, that's okay sometimes too. Like if it's not a top priority for you and you haven't like made that intention or that like purpose of doing X, Y, Z to show up for yourself, like that's okay. But let's try to really get honest with what you feel like you truly can and can't do. But I I think that's so important to show up for yourself mentally, physically. Of course, nutrition is the catalyst, I say, to do all of those things um, so that you can really, you know, act out, give back, serve others. So important. Yeah. At what point did you make the connection between what you put in your body and how you move your body and the intention behind what you do and how you live and how that helped you to become, you know, more hopeful, more present, you know, during that really tough period in your life. Mm-hmm. I just kind of want to have an insight into what that looked like. Cause I know a lot of girls out there might be feeling that way. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, just like the real parts of that and what was challenging about it and what worked and what didn't. Yeah. I had a pretty stressful like 15 to 16 year old teenage years. I mean, yeah. I think that Ohio is- uh, baby. Yeah, Ohio baby. <laughs> Ohio baby. It's family, a, yeah, family stuff and, mm, you know, yep. depression, anxiety as like a 15 year old. Yep. And I'm like, I don't know what that is. Yep. Like, you know, it wasn't even common talk at the table too. Like yep. Midwest families. I don't know from where I'm from. Like that Same. wasn't necessarily like an expression that you, you chatted about. But I also always had this like affinity for- I don't know, like intuition, mindfulness, like everything's connected. Like I loved the earth, nature, water. I'm a water sign. Maybe that's it in me. Um, You know, my, my grandmother taught me a lot about that too. So during that, like combining all of that during a time where I was having some health issues, I had terrible migraines. So I was like this art nerd in high school. All I wanted to do with my time was paint. Like, you know, I painted watercolors. I do that still to this day. And it really took me out of that element, out of that joy that like, that was my only joy, especially during a time where it was really difficult, where I was going through these like periods of depression, anxiety, and art was like my, you know, it was like my happy space. And then to get migraines, which if you have ever had them, like they can take you out like a day at a time. For me, sometimes like three days at a time, I'd be taken out of school. And so even that little moment of like, man, like I'm, I'm feeling stopped by my health. And I'm like so young. I don't know how to express this. I don't know what to do. And that was like a really early stage of me starting to understand my body and starting to understand, okay, the things that I do in my life are impacting like the way that I feel. Like really easy recipe. Like, okay, I'm starting to understand that the things I do, whether it is like art bringing me joy and it's impacting my life or stress is taking me away from my joy or you know, showing up fully for myself so that I can do the things that I want to do. Granted, again, I'm 15 years old at this time. Like, life is very young. I'm still going through a lot of stuff. But fast forward, when I went into college to become a dietitian nutritionist, then I started to really like put all these little puzzle pieces together. I would like guinea pig diets and plans and just experiment to see like, okay, what what might my clients go through in the future? But throughout that process, I actually started to just like pay more attention to myself and how diet, for example, or nutrition and how I was nourishing my body with like actual food was impacting my health. And it really helped me decrease my migraines along with then starting to learn more about just mind-based, you know, body strategies, stress reduction therapies, like yoga, meditation, and implementing all of that. And that really, really helped. So 
you know, fast forward now, you know, 15, 16 years, I rarely have migraines, which again, were so, such a big part of, of my health journey. Um, so yeah, that's just a little, little backstory there. What do you think? Do you think it's the holistic all every, you know, that's what's hard with, with health sometimes is nailing down and pinpointing the exact things. But do you think it's everything that you're doing that is attributed to less migraines? Cause I just want to, for the girls who have migraines, yeah. you know, what are some things that have been helpful? Absolutely. So to get nitty gritty, like for me, there were some food triggers. So when I was guinea picking a bunch of just um, like elimination diets really helped me. And I just wanted to test those out. So if you're not familiar, elimination diet is basically where you're taking out a food group and or like a food substance that you might think that you have a trigger for. So for me, I started with dairy because in my family, like nobody can tolerate dairy. It's also in the top eight allergens. So that was like, okay, that's an easy start. Oh, yeah. And also I had like really terrible PMS symptoms and acne like all over my back, chest, which was, mm. you know, just added to a whole other um, issue of like self-confidence issues that I had about that. But when I started to eliminate and practice just the nutrition component of it, I started to, not only did my skin clear up, which was just like a, a, a visual where I was like, oh, wow, something is happening here where my body's responding positively, like inflammation is going down. But then my migraines also started to decrease. And so I just started to like needle my way through a solution with diet at first. But also I am a really big believer that it's, you know, our health is so multifaceted. It's not that like you can just eat well or like eat this perfect diet and I'm going to send you on your way and you're going to have everything figured out. You're going to have your health condition magically disappear. Like we're, we're such dynamic human beings and we also have all of these external circumstances and our lifestyles are so, you know, these days so busy and full, like we do have a hard time giving back to ourselves. So I think it's so important that combining nutrition, like allowing your body to physically be fed, to be physically nourished from that point of view is the starting point. But yeah, to also add in those practices that are like, how do you touch base with yourself every day? How are you checking in with your stress? Like where are you holding your stress during the day? Um, And really building that self-awareness and that mindfulness and throughout everything that you do. And I think it really is that full picture, you know, Mm. to go back to your question about migraines. Yeah. What could be some unexpected things that people might not think about that are affecting their physical health? So nutrition feels like an obvious one that we can look at, but I guess environmentally, emotionally, um, within community, outside of community, just things that you found for yourself and with your clients that really tend to either push your health in one direction or the other, no matter if you have a really healthy diet or not. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah, so absolutely nutrition, paying attention to that as the catalyst, like really making sure that you are nourishing your physical body. I think too, the intentionality of it, like I have a practice called the 2Q daily practice and it's part of uh, the method by Nutrition Strip, which is this new program that I'm launching in the fall. And I've actually been practicing this for years Mm -hmm. by myself, but also with clients. And it's a really great practice to just start your day. And you literally ask yourself two questions. It's number one, how do I want to feel today? And number two, how am I going to actualize that? Like what one practice is going to allow me to feel that way? So I think even just setting yourself up for that allows that intention to be heard 
and it allows you to align it with like with every being of, of, you know, with every cell in your being, so to speak, so that all of your actions throughout the day are really going to be more aligned with that. I think it is just, we are so go, go, go that we forget to be aware. Like we forget where we are. And I think that alone is just a tremendous, you know, it's a tremendous tool for us to just be able to tap in and then start with all these other practices. Like, hey, are you managing your stress? Like, can you do a couple deep, breaths, you know, before you eat a meal to just like chill out, you know, trigger your parasympathetic nervous system. So you're getting into like rest and digest mode versus just like, oh my God, I'm running from a lion mm-hmm. and, and all of these to-do lists. Mm-hmm. I think you saying that, yeah, not knowing where we are and not checking in almost puts this added stress on the body to be constantly finding ways to I don't know, know where it is. Like whether it's like overeating, just kind of filling a void in a way, Mm -hmm. overeating or being on our phone too much, like whatever it is, that's an interesting way to put it. Yeah, like like filling up with distractions Mm -hmm. or like we just, we're just in that society. I think too, like, I don't know if it's just because I predominantly see female clients, but it's like, I hear that story and I'm also surrounded by, yeah, a lot of, you know, male figures and friends and family members in my life, but so many women are just like so um, bombarded and on the go and just like always in this constant flux of do, 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 hustle, 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 got to get it, got to get it. But it's like, can we just like be, can we just chill out, check in with ourselves, like be more aware with how we're showing up with our body, how we're showing up with our lifestyle. Mm. And um, yeah, like what are those small little things that you can do every day to just support you? Yeah. And that just all goes to not enoughness. You know, women, I think, Mm. suffer so much more from not feeling enough I don't think, I love mm-hmm. men, but I don't know if they have that capacity. I don't know if that's their thing. And I feel like women do so much because we never feel like we're enough. Mm. So we always feel like we need to take on more, do more for friends, do more for our partners, do more for work, do more for social life, do more for online, do more for our passions. And it just becomes this like giant burden and something that you know could be really beautiful to have this dynamic life, but now is just something that's really hurting people and it's showing up physically. Mm. But something you talked about with the two cues, can you give some examples of how women would activate that? So some feelings that they've given you and then how you guys keep the, or how you guys integrate those in the day. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, it could be as abstract as you want to go. Like I want to feel today, like answering that question, I want to feel seen or heard or recognized or expanded or nourished physically, or I want to feel like well-fed or um, like I can move my body. Like you just insert whatever like deeply resonates with you. And what I always have clients do, and also I practice this every day, what I have you do is after you just answer that question, it's literally the first answer that you say to yourself. Like, that's it. Like, don't second guess, don't rationalize, don't justify, like, don't get in your head about it. Because then that's immediately taking you away from like your gut, your intuition, like what it really needs, what you really need. So, you know, today, like I was like, for example, this morning, I was like, hey, like, you know, how do I want to feel today? And mine was present. And, you know, I try to be mindful. I try to be present all the time. But for whatever reason, I was like, all right, I'm not going to question that. I'm just going to be, I'm just going to be present. And so to follow up to that, the other question of the two Q is what's one practice that I'm going to do today to really show up for myself to to feel that way. And so for me, my immediate thing was like, well, I'm just going to check in with my body. I'm going to check in with my breath because I know for me that practice of just like 
noticing my breath, like where I'm breathing. Am I breathing from my chest? Am I breathing from my diaphragm? Like, am I holding my body like tight and in a weird way? Like for me, that helps me immediately be brought in the present moment. So it could be something as simple as that, or it could be like, I want to feel nourished. And what's one practice? Well, I'm not going to skip lunch today, or I'm going to take my lunch outside of my like work zone. And I'm going to just take, you know, like 20 minutes to just be by myself or with a friend or whomever and eat lunch. Like it could be really, really simple in terms of the practices. Mm. Yeah. In terms of intuition, how do you recommend people use that to, you know, for their nutrition, for their lifestyle? Because I think we're so bombarded with information and trends and things like that. So how do we decipher like what we should try and really what we need intuitively? Yeah. I mean, I think tapping into to your intuition, tapping into like that gut instinct, it really requires you to have that self-awareness or to at least just be mindful, right? Because like, how are you able to even listen to what your inner messaging, whatever you want to label it or call it, right? Like, how are you able to tap into that if you're not just present in your everyday life? So one action in order to like cultivate that you know, that intuition or just harness it, strengthen it, I would say is just to try to be mindful. Like, can you go throughout the day and just, again, pay attention to your breath, like be really present in conversations that right there, I think can just give you a little step in strengthening intuition. And I think it plays a role deeply with food because we are, we're consumed with, you know, like social media, magazines, like celebrity endorsed products, like pills, potions, all these things. And like, you know, there's, there's nothing wrong with any of those those things, but it's like, it's exhausting. I know for myself in the industry, but also for hearing client stories, like it's so exhausting for you to just be like, man, I just want to know what to do. You know, like I have this goal in mind or I want to reach the certain, you know, this certain feeling in my life or a way of living that feels good for me, but I just Mm -hmm. don't, I'm exhausted to try all these diets, right? Like I think being able to just say, and have the strength to let go of like all of the diets, all of the trends, all of the plans and just say, you know what, I'm going to maybe follow like a simple framework. Like, hey, let's just make sure when I'm approaching mealtime that I have like all of my macronutrients. Like it could be as something as simple as that. So you're not getting like too rigid, not too structured, not too emotional about the food. You're just like, all right, what do I actually need? Like protein, healthy fats, like some whole food carbohydrates and veggies. All right. Like if you want to keep it that simple, amazing. And I think that can provide a little bit of framework so that you're fully not like, because I think intuitive eating sometimes for people feels like so abstract and very intangible that it almost feels overwhelming. And they're like, okay, so it's just a free pass to just eat everything I, I ever want. And and it's it's not that. It's really about being more in tune with your body, checking in, like where is your physical hunger where is your hunger coming from? Like, are you craving, like, are you craving food because you're really craving like happiness or is it that you're feeling a void of loneliness or boredom? And like, don't judge yourself for that. Like literally just call it out, observe it, move through it, give yourself a lot of love because the last thing you want to do is like yell at yourself for it or punish yourself or at least say like, you shouldn't do this. And I see that so often too in the industry. So it's, long-winded answer to that question. I think it's just, it is just merging all of those those concepts that you can just be more mindful and aware of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, there's something you mentioned earlier that I want to dig into deeper about the honesty piece. So, you know, when speaking to a lot of your clients, and I think that I just see this happen a lot too. So 
you know, you potentially see this with your clients as far as them not necessarily being honest about their prioritization of time and being realistic about, well, if you want something, then you do have to make changes in your life. And sometimes that means, you know, you're getting less, not sleep, but sometimes you're just moving things around so that you can achieve your goals. And we see that a lot with people that ask questions about building businesses, building podcasts, being entrepreneurs. And they say that they want something, but if they were really honest, they would be able to see the places in which their lives don't match up to that and that their actions actually don't match up to creating this thing that they say they want. Mm -hmm. So people, and it's also very frustrating for me because I hear people say that a lot where they're like, I want to do this. I want to do that. But realistically, they don't because their actions don't change. So I want to talk a little bit more about that honesty um, that you see um, and maybe something that you've had to get honest with in your life that is was really eye-opening for you. Mm, absolutely. I love giving actionable steps too. So I'm going to yeah. I'm gonna share something that I have clients do and I'll do this as well. If I like check in with myself and I feel like my life or my priorities aren't in line with what I call like my North Star or my wellness vision. Basically like how I want to live and design my life. So one of those things is to get honest with yourself. I think sometimes for us, like for some of us, it might feel a little bit easier to be honest. Like, okay, yeah, like I know I'm spending five hours a day on social media, just like endlessly scrolling, right? But I think for others, it might take a little bit of like data. So one thing that you can do, which might seem super type A or really anal, but it will really help is to literally record everything that you're doing, either for a full day or if you really, really want to get honest with yourself for a full week. I mean, there are so many apps like time tracker apps, like I can't even name them. There's just so many that you can track and really see like on paper, journal it out, really see where your time is going. That way you have that, like you can't lie about it. You're, you're seeing the fact, you're seeing the data and then you can say, okay, are, is this chunk of time of me doing, again, like let's say scrolling on social media, is this contributing to this like vision or this goal or this intention that I have for my health and well-being? And that right there can help you at least bring awareness to that, to that honesty and help you, you know, just align that a little bit with yourself. So I love doing that. And then to answer your other question about how I do this, um, or, or what was that? Something, you when, were, um, something that you've had to get honest with. Honest about, yeah. So for me, I mean, that's easy. That's like work-life balance, right? So the prioritization of work. So I've ran Nutrition Strip now for seven years. Yeah, being an entrepreneur and owning your company, you guys know this. It's, uh, it is the most exciting thing. And especially if you're so passionate about it, it's, it can take over. So mm. for me, I like have that already, that like slight workaholic gene and my just DNA. And um, I've had to get really honest with just, okay, where is my time going? Not only just my time, but if I ask myself at the end of the day, like, where was my energy today? Like, was my energy fully just like, did I pour all of it, every ounce of it I had today in work? Because then that's a bummer because that doesn't align with the rest of my wellness vision. I don't have any other energy to give back, not only to myself to show up for my amazing husband, but like family and friends. So that that for for sure um, is an honest, brutally honest at some time, mm -hmm. <laughs> at some points. We totally yeah. agree. Yeah, Nutrition Strip started as a blog, um, and I know a lot of uh, women in our community either have a blog or are starting brands that are kind of centered around them or their passions. What was like the most challenging part of that? Because I, I think there is this weird thing where we are so passionate, we are so clear, 
about what we want to put out into the world. And then all of a sudden this like little cloud comes of like, you need more followers. You need more readers. How much content are you putting out in a day? There's this strange pressure structure that can really inhibit the creativity that can inhibit the growth of that. So what was your experience early on? Mm. Yeah. I love, I love this topic and I um, deeply resonate with that. When I first started Nutrition Stripped, it was just a creative outlet. It was like, I was working several jobs, you know, to pay my bills while I was doing Nutrition Stripped for fun. Yep. I was in Nashville at this point. What were your Um, jobs? uh, In clinical dietetics. Oh, wow. So, and then I also did some writing jobs on the side for sports nutrition. It was like pretty random. Yeah. But it was fun. Um, but I knew like I wanted to do something else and I didn't love like my full-time job and created Nutrition Strip just to share like recipes and like a fun way to talk about nutrition, but also to talk about all of these other things I'm, you know, really advocating. Like how do we pay attention to mindfulness and these other pillars of our life, which really make up like, you know, a life that we want to live. It's not just about nutrition. It's about stress and like paying attention to our sleep and our support systems and all of that. And so early in the beginning, it was, I would say compared to now, it was, it was easy because it was easier, I think, because it was just purely fueled by creativity, passion. Also, when I, when I started, I didn't have the weight of like financial responsibility because I also had several other jobs, right? So it wasn't like that. And then when I took the leap and I was like, okay, I'm really doing this. It did put pressure. And I would say it was like a good amount of pressure too, right? Like that's what owning a business is. I think the biggest point for me where it was challenging was listening to other people more than I was listening to myself. So not only did that take me away from my creativity and like from my, just like, you know, like my gifts and my passions working within Nutrition Strip, but I was listening to other people. And when I say that, like people who I hired who were meant to, you know, be this amazing like role in the company who was really going to like catapult it or X, Y, Z, you fill in the blank. And just listening to them more than my own intuition of being like, you know what? I know how to run my company the best. And I know what means the most to me. And I know where I want to show up. I don't want to do just like X, Y, Z, just to say I do it. Like I want to go back home and like go back to the things that I want to want to show up for and how I want to show up for the community. So I feel like that um, that was a big learning year. And that was, in, that was only like a couple of years ago where I really went through that time where I was like, okay, what kind of shifts am I making in my life? What am I doing in the company? And where do I want to go? How do I want to serve people? So yeah, it was, it was a little bit of an evolution. Mm. How did you know you were ready to quit the jobs and go in full time? A lot of women, that's yeah. the goal. So what, how did you know you were ready? Yeah, you don't know when you're ready and you have to start before you're ready like a thousand percent. I was not ready, but what did help me is that I did a little reverse engineering because I wanted to be smart about it as well. Like I was on my own completely and I wanted to be like, all right, if I take this jump and if I put all of my energy, my time, my resources into building this thing that I had no idea you know, what would be at the time other than coaching one-on-one because that's really how it started like company as a company truly. I just wanted to make sure that I had enough like money to live on. So I was like, okay, that's that's really my only practicality I need here is like, do I have enough financing in the bank to save before I can really just take the jump? And that's what that's what I did. 
Um, so and I like just jumped and month did sal- it. How many months salary? Uh, my goal was three. Okay. Three months living okay. expenses plus maybe yep. like a tiny cushion. So, yep. you know, for me, it, w- it wasn't that much. Yeah. But um, that was enough for me to be like, all right, well, you know, if shit hits the fan, I got three months to turn it around. Like, so here we go. And I just, you know, I believed in myself too. I think that's a huge part is like starting before you're ready because you're never going to be ready, especially if you have like any ounce of like a perfectionist gene in you. You're going to always be like, oh, here's a little tweak here. You know, I got to have like this in line. It's just never going to happen. You just got to go in it. And um believing in yourself is is so important because if you're not going to believe in yourself like you're you're not going to get through it like mm-hmm. i'm sure you guys know this like there's so many hard days where you're just like all right you know mm-hmm. how am i going to how am i going to navigate through this mm-hmm. and and as yeah. it's evolved like what do those hard days look like now so it's so much more than a blog mm-hmm. um and i'd love to kind of hear those moments when you realized, okay, like I'm being asked to up-level here and my audience wants this. And were there any insecurities around that because you hadn't done it before or were you fearless in that mm. way? So many good questions and please ask Sorry. me again if I like, because I want to hit <laughs> on really all of them. I'm really good at uh, <laughs> organizing my thoughts. No, I love, I love all of those questions. So I think hardships that I face um, nowadays is my... Like I have so many ideas and I have so many things I want to do, but I actually don't have the time. Like I would be stretching myself way too thin. So for me, it's a, it's an issue of prioritization. Like what is the most important thing and how I define important now is what is going to like, how am I going to help the most people as possible? Like that is always my goal. It has been that from day one, like, yeah, running a company, you got to worry about other things, uh, you know, business issues and finances and all that jazz. But like, I could care less. It's always like, how am I helping and making the most impact? So for me, going back to that earlier question too, like the way that I saw it was I started the company working one-on-one and I was like, yeah, this is amazing. Also so energetically draining when you're coaching people uh, who deserve your full, like all in all the time for an hour, hour and a half sessions back to back five days a week. Like therapy. It it is intense. Oh, because food is never just about food. Oh, it's mm-hmm. never, right? So it's like always about trying to teach all these practices. Like, are you touching base with your stress and, and you know, all of those things that we touched on. So when I came to the realization that like, this doesn't feel like super sustainable to do one-on-one all the time. I, at that time as well, we're getting, um, was getting like a lot of traffic and we were just, we were getting a lot of just natural media exposure, like magazines and like Instagram. I got on Instagram for the first time in 2013. So to timestamp all of this, yeah, 2013, 2014, and everything just started kind of blowing up and people were requesting like meal plans. And that was actually the idea that, that planted the seed for my first online program, which mm-hmm. was meal master meal, meal planning. And that was back in like 2015. And so that was an answer to number one, how do I first of all, provide a solution for the problem they're literally telling me that they're having. Like they want meal plans. They want to learn how to make healthy cooking really simple. Like how do they organize their time? But also it, it helps me too, like because I can teach thousands, hundreds of thousands of people how to do this now instead of just one-on-one. So that was really the start of me thinking about doing other things. And yeah, it was terrifying because I didn't have any other like... 
back then, I, I couldn't pull out one example of like another dietitian, for example, who was doing what I was about to do. So like there definitely were, there, uh, were other examples in like parallel industries. So maybe it was like, I don't know, like a bit like an entrepreneur, like an online entrepreneur business or something like that. Yeah. So I could gain insight and be like, I see how that works. Like I could u- like utilize that model in a way, put my own spin on it and serve the community that way. And so that's really where that started too. But I just had to, again, like jump in fearless. And also entrepreneurship is a bunch of trial and error. You just have to try it. You yeah. just have to try it fail a million times and then people will only see the success, right? So it's Mm -hmm. like, that's all behind the scenes. Yeah. And speaking of seeing the success online, how do you, your social media is amazing. So what tips, I guess, would you give to people on social media? How can they make their following engaged? How can they grow their following? You know, how have you done it across the years? Instagram and social media have changed so much. I mean, you guys, you guys know this too. I'm not sure when you all started, but I started 2013 and it was so different. So in the beginning, um, for me, I felt number one, it was just a cool new platform. I think like being in it for seven years, like maybe the novelty has like worn off just a touch. So, (laughs) so when I was, so when I was first, yeah, there were like no ads, like, Mm -hmm. you know, Facebook and Instagram weren't like ruling the world. So it was a very different scene. And it was, it was just so cool as well. In addition to like having this blog platform that reached, you know, at the time when it started like 80 people and then now like half a million to a million a month, like, you know, it's having that connection with people is where social media allowed, like facilitated that. So it was really amazing to be like, wow, you are here in, you know, India or Dubai and I'm talking to you like, that's crazy. I'm from Ohio. Like, how am I talking to people around the world. So that just geeked me out and still does. Like that's that's the coolest part of social media is just being able to connect with people. And so how I grew it at first was anytime someone would follow me and also I had a lot more time on my hands, I will say that. So I did devote more time to Instagram specifically and I would, you know, message them or comment on their profile like, "Hey, thanks for, you know, following along. Like, you know, where are you from?" Mm-hmm. Like just genuine connection, like human, like text messaging. Mm -hmm. And that's really how I started it and grew a following. And then I, um, I remember just befriending too, like people who were in similar industries and I was just excited to meet people and we would just like support each other's communities. So I think it was, that was a kind of just an organic thing. Yeah. And then tips for people now is, I mean, to still, if you can, as much as possible, connect with that genuine curiosity about people and not to view them as like a number. Like, I don't know Mm -hmm. if I've ever, and like knock on wood, but I don't think I've ever like verbalized and called like people in our community, like followers. Cause I just don't like see them at, like, they're just like people in my, in the community. Right. It's like they're human beings. They have a life. Like they're going through their own stuff. Like they're taking 30 seconds to comment on something that I'm doing. Like I'm going to give that back to them as much as I possibly can. So I think that connection is really important and staying consistent if you want to get logistic about it. Like, yeah, you got to stay consistent with the content that you're posting, with the message that you're sharing, um, how you're showing up for them. Yeah. As you've grown, what what were the first things that you outsourced that you either didn't want to do anymore, that you were not good at, that you just didn't want to touch so that you could free up more of your own time and energy for the creative side? I remember my first hire slash outsourcing was 
the most difficult. It was terrifying. (laughs) I was like, how do I delegate everything? I'm the only one who knows everything. And that's so common. It's like your baby. It's yeah. Yeah. And then years later, I had to detach that whole thing, that whole story as a side note, that nutrition stripped is me. Like it is my identity. Like I had to scratch that Mm. because for a while it started to become who I was like in a weird way. But that's another story. So with outsourcing, the first person that I hired was an assistant. And it was literally what I did is I created a chart, almost like a bullseye, if you will. And like I started with uh, green in the middle, yellow, and then red. So green in the middle were things that like only I uniquely could do and only that I could do like so, so well that I can't replace. So for me, it was a given. It was like, I have to show up for people one-on-one. I'm here to educate or creatively um, frame up the branding of the company because that's still in my wheelhouse today or the vision of the company, right? Like I can't like outsource those. So other things were easier after I did that exercise to see, okay, I can actually delegate someone to write a blog post about X topic or this person can write emails and handle all of the customer service or handle press inquiries ship out orders or whatever it might be. So for me, it was like the admin stuff. That was the first thing. And then later on, like, yeah, just help with email marketing, email newsletter, like organization of that. But the first thing really was the the hardest to figure out. So I love that tactic for those of you who might be in that situation to do something like, what can I only uniquely do? And then allow yourself to do that and try to delegate everything else if it makes sense for you. That was a little like what we talked about. We had an event last night mm-hmm. and she was talking about the zone of genius. So things that only you can do. Yes, so absolutely. Us, like the podcast, <laughs> us on here, the zone of competence, which is the next. So things that you can do, but you know, could potentially be outsourced. So things like writing emails or, you know, for you in that instance, it's blog posts. It's like, you can, you're good at it, but you could also outsource. And then zone of incompetence, which is the third layer, which is things that you really should outsource. Absolutely. Accounting, exactly stuff it. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I think it's a really beautiful way to look at it. It helps mm-hmm. you get really clear on what it is that you're uniquely good at within the company. Absolutely. You know, which I think is so key. Um, and another thing that you do is the courses. Mm-hmm. And I think now, I think courses are really, really hitting their stride with the online community and especially people in nutrition and now, you know, within our space, what were some of the tips and things that you did to, to launch a course? And for people that would like to do a course, what advice would you give to them? Yes. So advice I would give someone who wants to launch a course is number one, ask your community, like, what do they need? What is their, what's their pain point? Like what solution are you bringing to them to help their lives out? And it doesn't have to be like, I'm going to transform their health. It doesn't have to be um, what you might identify as such a, a large goal, but it could be like helping them with their, I don't know, Pinterest strategy or something, whatever is like your jam, but ask them, like do some surveys, ask them what they need, figure out where they need help and then serve them based on that. Don't serve it because you're following a trend or you see somebody in your industry doing it and it's, you know, quote, killing it or it's so successful, whatever, just leave all that behind and immediately serve mm-hmm. your community. And then how I jumped into courses, was that your question, Krista? Like yeah. how I actually feasibly yeah, how did you it? need to do it? And just really yeah. quickly on that, you've said that twice on the asking your community. And mm-hmm. I think that people don't do that enough. People yeah. come in without an audience and they don't have anyone to get feedback on. And then they want to go to immediately making the product, doing the course, providing the service. And I'm not saying that people necessarily need an audience always to do a course, to be a coach, to do all these things. But I don't 
I think that there is a real beauty in doing it, building that audience and then communicating with them to provide them what they're looking for. And that's how we've grown is being really in touch with what exactly it is that Almost 30 Nation wants from us. What do they want us to talk about? Who do they want us to interview? Where cities do they want us to go to? So that is almost a security blanket for a business owner because you're actually getting real-time feedback and you will have the safety net of giving them what they want. And you will inherently be able to grow your business in that way. So you've mentioned that twice. So I think that's really important. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I asked about how yeah. exactly you went about structuring and building your first courses. Yeah, absolutely. I love that note too. I think it's just so important. We have that luxury to be able to connect with yeah, people. Yeah, with social media. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's beautiful uh, and then it's annoying. Yeah. <laughs> you know, sometimes you're like... We're <laughs> <laughs> like, oh God, okay. Um, yeah, and then how I feasibly organize courses is I like to, on the technical side of things in terms of organization, yes. I like to reverse engineer it. So like if I have a date in mind that fits with the schedule and or like if it just feels right for that course to launch, I'll reverse engineer the date that I want it to go live and then I'll always factor in based on experience now, I always factor in at least two weeks of what I just call like playtime as in triple testing to make sure all of the inner workings work. Um, Cause I've had experience before where like course logins were just like a nightmare. People were getting it for free. Like it was just like, <laughs> whatever, just such <laughs> yeah, a mess. That's not the point. <laughs> um, have learned so many things. So really just allowing yourself to, to, to test it out and make sure everything's working and is, and is all good. And then also um, outlining it, like I like to start with a course outline. Like I'm talking just so basic. Yeah. What are you going to talk about? Are there going to be video lessons involved? Are there going to be like worksheets? Is it just like a live class? Like what is your course all about? So I think framing it up, outlining it, getting as detailed as you can, and then just starting to organize your schedule to keep accountable for yourself to actually do the work. I think it's so easy to dream about a course and launching one. And it's another thing to actually be like, all right, well, how am I going to fit this into my schedule? Then you go back to that one time management you know, exercise I talked about earlier. Just like record everything if you feel like you can't find the time and then really find the time and reprioritize some stuff. So I think that that, um, so for me, like right now, we're finishing up the tail end of our course that's launching in the fall. And I've been working on it for like two months, um, but I wasn't doing it like full time. Like I like, you know, maybe did like one day a week or something like that. So I kind of factored in my schedule. So I think that really helps to get as much planning ahead of time as you possibly can. And then just like search course program options, like, um, like third-party servers that might host it, or are you going to put it on your site? Or are you going to like have it live in an email newsletter? Like you have to think about some of those details as well. Yeah. And how have you found best ways to market the course to your specific customer, your ideal customer? Because I think you know, with what you do, it can be so um, ex- accessible and needed by so many, but I'm, I'm not sure how to market it in a way that will actually produce, you know, customers that buy and mm-hmm. then invest. Yeah. I think that is something that we continue to, you know, needle our way through that recipe, if you will. Like we've learned a lot over the years. I think the biggest thing actually has come back to relationship building. It is like knowing who your community is. If you are going to show up, they will come. If they have told you that that is something that they're interested in, they will come. And also continuing to just be there for them and be consistent with content. Uh, Social media, like honestly, we've only done social media marketing as in like 
sharing it on social media when a launch happens, like talking about it genuinely and our email list. Um, we've done some experiments with paid advertisements through like Facebook ads, yeah. but honestly, like we didn't see crazy return on those. And it's yeah. probably because like, I don't know, like, I don't know anything Facebook about Facebook ads. It's really challenging. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's really archaic. Especially nowadays, it's changed yeah. tremendously. Yeah. With the Even targeting. Facebook groups are going to start getting ads and stuff. So it's like, that's a whole other, wow. that's a whole other combo. But it hurts my heart. But um, yeah, I mean, it's really for, for me, it's just social media and our email list and, you know, the website, like where we have communications with our community, that's where we're talking about it. Yeah. And I mean, right now I'm, I'm talking about it a little bit, right? So it's like podcast interviews, whatever it like naturally just comes up. Yeah. I wish I had like a, a sheet to be like, this no, is exactly no, what you no, talk about. Yeah, no, that's what we that's do. That's really helpful. Yeah. And I, the, when you're talking to about the courses too, we're doing ours on Teachable. So I know there's Teachable, there's Kajabi, you could do it on Squarespace. There's something called Memberspace. And I do think it's interesting you mentioned about doing the email only thing. So there are people that do email subscriptions where people pay to be a part of someone's email list. So when someone has that much value that they provide within their emailing list that people subscribe to receive them. Mm -hmm. But also you could do them within courses. I know people do courses within a month where the course materials is sent via email. Um, So there's a lot of different ways and outlets that people can do for courses. And it's really just getting creative and and what your community most resonates with. Mm -hmm. Are they email readers? Are they people that want to see video? Are they people that want to see audio? Um, But I know that there are a lot of people, you know, super interested in that. Yeah, um, just a last question for me as we wrap up. I do want to kind of talk a little bit about health stuff. I'm always curious, someone like you, what is like a health, what is something within your healthy or your routine, your morning or night or your day that has really just felt really good for you lately? Mm, I love this. I'm a huge fan of the morning routine. Um, I feel like I talk about it all the time, but for me, it's that intentionality because I'm able, like I, I'm making that space to show up for myself first. And also because it's literally the first part of the day, it just sets me up to be like, okay, I'm paying attention to myself first. I'm showing up. I'm doing all of these practices that make me feel good before I move on with the day. So to get nitty gritty, I mean, I love like waking up first thing in the morning. The biggest thing that I've transformed over the past six to eight months is to not look at my email, Slack, or social media notifications like as soon as I wake up because like I would be in bed I would hit the alarm clock and then I'd be like oh like I'm just gonna hang for Mm -hmm. 10 minutes and then I was like oh okay so I'm allowing all of this to just stream into my subconscious Mm -hmm. conscious mind and I'm gonna start off of like a reactive foot so for me that's a huge part that just gives back to me I immediately start with just paying attention to myself Mm -hmm. it's just to not deal with any of that um we have a dog Luna who's like the light of my life and so like I'm a dog (laughs) she's a Samoyed Oh, I'm like, yes. and I'm obsessed with animals, period. But like, she's an angel. And um, so just like, you know, playing with her for like five minutes while I'm making coffee. It's like all these small, tiny things that like literally light me up. Like they just bring me a lot of joy. And then like I mentioned earlier, I do a journal practice every single morning where I'll start the prompt with that 2Q daily practice. And sometimes after that, if I'm like needing it, if I'm needing to just like get stuff off of my head. I need to express emotions that might just be there. I'll just freeform journal and just let it be. Sometimes I'll go back through it and be like, what are some common themes I'm seeing like mm-hmm. today and yesterday? Like, what do I need to actually like maybe dive in deeper on, do some work around, like meditate, mm-hmm. be more mindful of during the day. And that helps me really just set it up. And then of course, like I believe in a good, like nutritious meal to start off the day. So 
for me lately, like I feel like I juggle between like three things. It's either like a really simple smoothie, especially if I have kind of a quick morning where I need to get going. Um, always add in greens. I love like coconut milk, some chocolate or vanilla protein powder. Sometimes I'll add more cacao powder or cocoa powder. And then some fruit, like maybe some berries. Like I really love berries and some like nut butter. Mm. Super simple, Mm -hmm. super, super simple. And then, or like a yogurt bowl with like coconut milk, yogurt and berries and like flaxseed and all of that good Mm -hmm. stuff. So really simple, but it feels good. If it's, you know, nourishing, keeps me energized. So that's really important to just give back to myself with food as well. And I think those are the biggest parts of my morning that, yeah, I mean, it it does. It it creates a joyful day. Working out. Bar three. Oh. <laughs> we were jamming in bar three. Oh, God, I, was I, late, love so it. I was in the very front row. <laughs> yeah. I was I've so been like an avid bar late. three user too for like four years. It's so much different. It. It's different than what I remembered. Mm-hmm. It's way more hit. Mm-hmm. They've like, they switched it up. I feel like yeah. over the years, like sometimes it's more like mindful. It also depends on like the instructor, right? Oh, like some so have good. like a more hit vibe. Some have like more totally. yoga meditation vibe. She, she was so good. Yeah. Do you um do you supplement with anything? So like vitamins, minerals, anything like that in addition to what you're eating? Yeah, sometimes I do supplement. So mm-hmm. during like winter times of the year, which in Nashville, like it's pretty much always sunny, but just with how often I'm outside mm-hmm. in the sun, I'll do some vitamin D sometimes. I love probiotics. Um, I pretty much take probiotics every day. And um, let's see what else. Magnesium occasionally. So if I have a really stressful week, if my sleep is off, um, magnesium, magnesium is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, love it, especially with travel. Yes. Yeah, so if any, if any of you ever have like traveler's constipation, that can actually be a really gentle, soft remedy because magnesium yes. pulls water in the gut. So it's really gentle and also helps you sleep, especially if you're traveling. Um, omega-3s, if I don't consume salmon or like fatty fish during the week, like three times a week, then I just make note to have an omega-3 supplement. I think that's really important mm. just for overall health. And that's pretty much it. Yeah. That's and then just dependent simple. if like, for whatever reason, I might have something that I need to add in like vitamin C or something. Yeah. Love it. Great. Where can our lovely community connect with you? Nutritionstrip.com. Mm-hmm. And then on the day, it's Instagram, mm-hmm. like stories and on the feed. But uh, really the first and uh, I think the most important place to be is on the newsletter because that's where I drop everything. We share like behind the scenes mm-hmm. stuff. You get freebies, promotions, like all the good stuff is on our NS Insider newsletter list. Awesome. Oh, amazing. Smart. Thank you so mm-hmm. much. We loved having you. Yeah. Thank you so much, you guys. Thank you. Yeah, we will so see fun. you guys later. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you so much, Mikkel. And you can go to almost30podcast.com in the show notes to join the free method training. So five by five method and you learn how to intuitive eat and a bunch of different things from Mikkel. And you can go to our website to get that information. And you can follow Mikkel at Nutrition Stripped on Instagram, her website, nutritionstripped.com. Uh, thanks, y'all. Thanks, y'all. We love you. Thanks love for you. listening. A new podcast pro launches in January. Cannot wait to help you start, grow, and monetize your dream podcast. Stay tuned. We will be going out on tour again next year. Big live shows. It's going to be a party. Cannot wait to meet you. Yeah. Thank you so much for being a part of the community and our lives. We'll see you on the next one. Love you. Love you.